welcome to the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. We are training coaches and coaching leaders because we know that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Because we care and we want you to reach your full potential, we coach you to choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights that show up on the dashboard of your life. Welcome everyone to Season 3 of our podcast. Formerly the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we are now the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. So, a little story. We first launched this project to train spiritual coaches at our growing multi-site church. Of course, we hoped others would find us and listen. We never expected that within months we would have dozens of people in dozens of cities and countries listening. Wherever you were listening around the globe, Nancy and I are honored to have you aboard. So, that unexpected scope of interest, it caused us to realize that we needed to get more organized and focused if we wanted to help more church leaders and spiritual coaches. We want to do our best to fall in line with whatever it is God seems to be using. So moving forward, you can expect the same quality content, but with a different look and stronger clarity of purpose. And speaking of clarified purpose, we are coaching church leaders and spiritual coaches who have untapped potential by showing them how God will exchange the wounding of the past for the wellness of the future. It's a transformation that frees them to be wholeheartedly available to Him and those near them. They go first and call others to follow their lead. How are we going to do this? By offering three progressively deeper levels of coaching, starting with practical content, moving into peer conversation, and then personal coaching. Why are we doing this? So you can gain the humble confidence and godly credibility needed to step unrestricted into a life and impact that God has for you. Our dream is to help you tap into your potential. Now, we chose the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard because... Just like the dashboard in your car, there are warning lights in our lives that indicate to us that we need to do some heart work with God in in order to step into our full potential. It's hard to analyze your own swing, so we need someone more qualified and experienced to do spiritual wrenching on our souls in order to improve our performance. Uh, Our dream is that you uh, would unlock your potential through a healthy heart that knows God deeply and follows Him fully. All right, enough of that. Let's set the stage for today's episode. In season one, we considered the philosophy behind spiritual coaching, and in season two, we addressed subjects relevant to the spiritual coaches themselves. Now in season three, we finally begin to describe how to do spiritual coaching itself. Be sure to go back and listen to the foundational content in those two opening seasons, because what I'm going to say is based on what has already been said. Without further delay, here is today's content. In this episode, we'll talk through the final third of our spiritual yardstick. Speaking of which, the first third was a new loyalty, which is towards God. Second third was a new leaning, which is toward others. And now, this final third is a new leverage, and that is directed at ourselves. If you remember, we're using Jesus' own word to design a way to measure our spiritual growth against ourselves in the Bible to see if we're becoming more like Jesus. We're using Jesus' own words to design a way to measure our spiritual growth just against ourselves, nothing else, and against the Bible to see if we're becoming more like Jesus. Um, And the words of the Bible that we are specifically using are found in Mark 12, 29 through 31. The most important command is this, listen O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. 
Let's quickly make sure you get the yardstick reference. Uh, a yard is three feet long, so a yardstick is three feet long. It consists, obviously, of uh, three feet measured end-to-end -to, -end to create a stick that's 36 inches long. Uh, these days, they're not even, only, they're not even always wood. They're, they're plastic. Uh, we address the, the command to love only God and no other with the first third of the yardstick, uh, a new loyalty. We, we dealt with the directive to love others in a new leaning, which was the middle or second foot of our yardstick. Now we'll consider the as-yourself bit, the third third, with a new leverage. In order to love others well, we have to be able to love ourselves well. And when we are at peace with ourselves, it makes for a very attractive, contagious, and compelling declaration. Uh, I mentioned four episodes ago the business axiom that Peter Drucker is known for. If you can't measure it, you can't improve it. What he means by that is we, we can't know if we're successful at something unless we define and describe what success look, looks like. And then, then once we've done that, we can set goals out there in front of us uh, and we can measure our progress uh, towards those or against those uh, through comparison uh, against our previous position. This spiritual yardstick metaphor is my attempt to set the goal we're moving toward out there as we as spiritual coaches can help people measuring their spiritual so we can help spiritual coaches help people measure their spiritual progress. If you're confused by all this listing of things, trying to hold the order and, and connections in your head, I wouldn't be surprised. Just think of a yardstick, divide it into three-foot sections, and divide those sections into uh, three sections as well. In, in fact, if, if you want to, you could divide them into three sections of four inches, and that would give you your 12 inches, and it would relate back to a literal yardstick. You know, I love the TV drama Leverage that aired on TNT from 2008 to 2012. Nate Ford, played by Timothy Hutton, was an alcoholic and disgruntled former insur insurance agent whose son died because of corporate red tape and greed. In the show, he now leads a team who uses their various skills in, in a modern remake of the Robin Hood theme. Uh, they, help, they help hurting people and powerless people who'd been taken advantage of by powerful individuals who ran various corporations. They employed their, their unusual, Ill, their usually legal, illegal skills and leveraged their symbiotic power to right the scales of injustice in favor of the defenseless. This five-person team would slay the corporate giant on behalf of the ordinary citizen who, on their own, had no way of getting justice for themselves and for those they love. Despite the cruel and unlegal, illegal nature of their techniques, and the fact that their brand of justice very often looked more like unmasked vengeance. The part that I like is that they gave the underdog a fighting chance at, at hope and survival and at life. That show is sort of an inspiration for this final foot of our spiritual growth yardstick. Against the giants of uh, temptation, uh, the world's pull, sin's attraction, Satan's constant deceptive assault, the average person has no hope of victory. However, in that third love, after God's love and love of others, we can and must be victorious if we expect to fare very well at the other two. Our, our, our leverage is not illegal, vindictive, or cruel. Our leverage is Christ, born, lived, died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven again. Our leverage is God's love for us. The scale of justice, is, justice isn't against us. 
favoring the powerful and privileged, but are actually tilted in our favor because justice was served through Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. While this may sound politically incorrect to some, we are now the privileged. It's actually very just and politically correct because anyone can have the same advantage as anyone else who has the faith to believe and become a child of God. No one is left out because of race, gender, social status, sexual orientation, or any other uniqueness. In Christ, we've been blessed with a, a new leverage that no one can steal because they need only ask them because they only need to ask themselves to possess it. They only need to ask for themselves to possess it. <laughs> no one can prevail against and cancel out our privilege because to do so, they would have to defeat the intentions of the God of the universe who is for us and not against us. We are on the winning side. Let me unpack this for you by saying first that uh, these three aspects of our new leverage are only going to be surveyed. The depth of meaning and power behind God's work in these three areas will need much more than a single short podcast to unpack. With that disclaimer in place, here we go. First of all, there's a victorious warfare. The, the first characteristic uh, of the three. As I said when we started recording these podcasts, life is a battlefield. For those of us who are trying to exercise the necessary faith in God to, to win our own battles in life and embolden and, embolden and inform others in ways that end in their own victories, the war is even more real and intense. We're fighting our own battles while finding ourselves on multiple fields of battle as we coach others to take their own hills. The enemy knows what a high-value target looks like, so he knows that if he can temporarily sideline or permanently disable the coach, he has a better chance of winning any number of battles that he, that he knows he will probably lose to God's children if he doesn't interfere, if he doesn't disable the coach. The fight against sin, self, and Satan is not imaginary or metaphorical. It's a stark reality. But we have Christ as our champion, and that is very real too. As our defender, as the, the one who fights in our stead, He's given us the leverage that's necessary to come out on top against the multiple enemies of all that is holy and just. Romans 6 must be taken seriously. Victor over sin is expected. When it says that we are no longer slaves to sin, it's not some fairy tale pie in the sky wish. It's the truth. And it is in power now. It's not for some time in the future. And as such, it should be the, an ever-expanding experience of all Christ followers. You know, I want to scream every time I hear or see the phrase, I'm just hanging on till Jesus comes. Um, the implication is that I'm barely getting through life, struggling just to keep my head above water, and I'll probably still be almost overcome right up until Jesus returns, or until I die, whichever comes first. I don't know about you, but I think that's terribly depressing, fatalistic, if not lazy. Uh, it's a horrible way to live. Obviously, every day won't feel as gloriously victorious as your best moments, and some weeks will feel like the sun will never shine again at the end of that tunnel. We have all have those dark and dry seasons that I spoke about back in earlier episodes. What I'm railing against is expecting defeat. Expecting that it's normal for a Christian to always struggle and never or seldom prevail. Yes, you'd, you'd better expect to sin, but... Not to be helpless against sin, confess, sin, confess, cycles of defeat. We call that sin management, not victory. We must not be powerless against the same stuff non-Christians are defeated by. We must not be helplessly trounced by the same temptations we couldn't defeat before we came into a relationship with God. Okay, we must not be powerless against the same stuff non-Christians 
are defeated by, and we must not be helplessly trounced by the same temptations we couldn't defeat before we came into a relationship with God. We absolutely cannot be shaken by the same stresses and worries that those that don't have God as their father and provider are wiped out by. We must have a firm, wide-awake grasp uh, on, on the presence and, and, and the whys and the wiles and the ways of the invisible enemy. And we must have a clear understanding of who we are in Christ and what that means. We experience the same troubles in life, but if we can't respond differently with calm assurance in God that brings peace and contentment, we are not the victors we should be, nor are we using the available strength that God has given to us as his children. On that note, the second aspect of our leverage is a released identity. So we have a victorious warfare that we must live into and a released identity that we must live into. Uh, you know, I encourage you to open your browser and search for who I am in Christ. Click on just about any of those lists there and you'll be confronted with life-altering truth. Listen as I read just a few of those truths that, if believed, will release you to live out the identity God has given to you. I have one or more scriptures for all of these that I'm not going to belabor to put in there, but who am I as a Christ follower? I am loved by God. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am holy and without blame before. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I'm God's masterpiece. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm alive with Christ. I'm a joint heir with Christ. And I'm complete in Him. What can I expect as a Christ follower? I'm free from sin and death. I am delivered from the power of darkness. I am born of God so the evil one does not touch me. I can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Ah, you like that alarm there? Oh, where was I? I was born of God, so the evil one does not touch me. I can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I, the devil flees from me when I resist in Jesus' name. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I am strengthened according to God's power. God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. I have the peace of God that passes all understandings. And it is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. If you didn't get just a few goosebumps as you listen to those scriptural claims, each one taken directly from the Bible, you have a severe, a severe belief problem, and you need to remedy that as quickly as possible. If you will live in this released identity, you will find integrity, health, harmony, freedom across all of life's environments and relationships. To live out these truths means that wounds and hurts from your past will no longer bleed into and disease every part of your present life. Sure, you'll have scars. We all do. We all uh, limp a little from the wounds that, um, that God in time have now healed. But the health that comes from taking advantage of our identity and resources in Christ means we need not live any longer with open wounds. Our actions and reactions don't need to be chained to and controlled and manipulated by our past. The duplicity that our, fragments our hearts and, and life and narrows our living is being formed back into one whole integrated life. We're gaining a true and accurate self-awareness and presentation of ourselves in place of the old self-image that was polished and carefully managed but fake. The light of truth is replacing the darkness that was the lies and deception we believed and promoted. Who we are in Christ is not just known but embraced. It leads to wholeness, clarity, and convergence with the ability to uh, um, relate safely with others, to be who we were created to be without apology, to be a good gift, a whole gift, a well enough, a well enough gift. Mm -hmm.
a short break to give your brain a chance to rest. Did you know that this podcast is not the only resource that we have available to help you with your own relationship with God and your spiritual coaching efforts? First, I invite you to visit Spiritual Coaching Dashboard on Patreon.com. Patreon is a solution for creators who struggle to turn their craft into real dollars so they can afford to keep creating. In their words, Patreon powers membership-based businesses for creators. You can visit patreon.com and search for the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. You'll discover additional content that can be accessed through any of five different levels of membership if you choose to subscribe. Second, tworivers.church backslash life hyphen coaching has dozens of tools and book links to help you in your life with God and your ministry to others. It's a work in progress, but you can find it chocked full of practical content to read, watch, and listen to. Thank you for your patronage here on the podcast and for considering enabling us to continue to create and meet the ministry needs of our expanding audience. Wherever you choose to interact with us online, please remember to rate, like, follow, and share so that other leaders and coaches can find this helpful content. If you would like to connect with us, you can either email us at carrie at tworivers.church or text us on Twitter or Facebook Messenger at sc-dashboard. All right, let's finish today's episode of the podcast. Our new leverage, we have a, a victorious warfare that we need to live into, a released identity uh, that we need to live into. We need to be released into that identity. Uh, that's a measure of our spiritual maturity for living into it. And the third thing is an overarching calm, an overarching calm. The third part of our new leverage, uh, this just consuming uh, systemic peace um, our new loyalty had three parts. Our, our new leaning had three parts. Our new leverage does as well. And this final aspect of the spiritual yardstick is almost better viewed as an outcome of those other eight. As spiritual coaches, we should be looking for, in both our lives and others, a systemic, unshakable peace, joy, steadiness, and contentment that defies all logic and circumstances. This is not a false, pasted on, forced optimism that ignores reality. It's a hope-filled realism. Our new leverage is not a negative, naysaying, deflated spirit. That doesn't sound very helpful. It's, it's not the absence of struggle or even all worry or fear. We, we, we don't need de- denial to claim contentment. What it is is an experienced, courageous, tried-and-true, stabilizing calm. It's founded deep in our hearts, backed by precedent, precedent that allows a strong faith and that lives in our midst and relaxes our spirit even when the storm still rages. It's an assurance that it's placed in God's goodness and faithfulness coming from the history of our relationship with God. One of my favorite sayings of Jesus is found in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, and I'm going to read it to you uh, from the message. Are you tired, worn, worn out, burned out on religion? This is Jesus talking. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know anyone who doesn't want that for their lives. I do know many people, some of them even seem to be Christ followers, whose life doesn't measure up to our spiritual yardstick, and it shows most evidently in this regard. There's no overarching calm. 
True, my own life doesn't always match. We all stumble and struggle from time to time. But do we stay there? Other aspects are easy to hide and fake, but this one only needs a good stiff wind to reveal the heart that's not loyal to God, not leaning towards others, and not in possession of a healthy love for themselves, and that has not yet availed themselves of the stabilizing leverage of life done with God. Storms come to every living being. Not everyone has the God leverage to give them stability and security when they do. And those that do are attractive to those who don't. When we build the house of our lives on the rock that is God, we can prevail against all storms. But when built on the sandy beach that has no sure foundation because life has lived in resistance to God, the house will crumble even at a slight breeze. So, there are three parts to our spiritual yardstick, each with their own three aspects. A new loyalty includes this, a critical relationship, a constant conversation, and a costly exchange. That's God word. Our new leaning, which is others word, is an elevating cohort, includes a strong selflessness and a declarative life. And then the new leverage we have for our own selves, that's towards our own life. We have a victorious warfare, a released identity, and overarching calm, which is more kind of a a summary, a conclusion, an outworking, a product of the other eight in some ways than just a standalone reality. These three feet on the yardstick and the nine increments along it are the metric by which we teach, compare, and call those we coach. These nine traits mark the life and character of a true Christ follower, and every aspect and desirable character trait can be hung on one of these. Next time, um, we're going to shift gears again and begin to get into the specifics of the spiritual coaching session. for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. We pray that God uses the spiritual coaching dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are in the upstate New York area, specifically Binghamton, or are visiting or just passing through, look Pastor Carrie and myself up. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the podcast of The Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.